want it, you know, I'd love to have a, a fully, a girlfriend? <laughs> you know, <laughs> an amazing social life, you know, but or, I'm or sure everyone's wondering though, but, <laughs> like, do you want to just clear it up for the podcast? Yeah, I do not have a girlfriend. I don't, yeah, I don't think I can manage that right, right now. Guys, <laughs> he's, free. On my plate. he's free. Just wait, <laughs> just wait around the corner. When he's... <laughs> I wasn't getting the views that I wanted. Mm-mm. I thought like it would be an immediate success mm-hmm. and I was discouraged so I basically yeah. quit. I'm actually more motivated when hearing that other people failed Same. before they had their big success. Same. Because it's it like, just, yeah, it I makes get it. relatable. Hi guys, welcome back to the Unemployed Graduate. I'm your host Jenny. This episode I have with me an extremely special guest. I know I say that every time, but this guest is calling in all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. And I had to Google that because I have no idea and I'm so bad at geography. I just know it's far away. So I'm so lucky to have this guest join me on this episode because his exponential growth as an entrepreneur and content creator on YouTube will soon make him out of my reach. And he has so kindly come on to the show. Um, He has amassed an audience on YouTube of 53,000 subscribers in just two months. And his videos have motivated thousands and hundreds of thousands of college students, including myself, to stop procrastinating, start managing our time, to make 5 a.m. wake-ups a habit, and more importantly, he's creating a community of young entrepreneurs who are supporting and sharing each other's journeys towards achieving their goals. So welcome to the show, Elliot Choi. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, no, thank you so much for coming and taking time out of your busy schedule to speak oh, to absolutely. me. Absolutely, I love, I love the message of your podcast. I think it's really important to learn from certain case studies and people. I, I personally love listening to the podcast, so this is oh, an honor you. being on one. No, thank you. Um, okay. So we're going to start off with a quick icebreaker because it's the first time I'm speaking to you. Um, Apart from your videos, I actually know nothing about you. Couldn't find much on Google except LinkedIn. So I'm going to read you some sentences and just say the first word that comes to your mind. Sure. How's it sound? Okay. Yep. I'll try my best. Yep. Just the first word, no matter how weird it is. Okay. (laughs) My favorite thing in the world is? Work. Work. Because I can stuff it in my... Oh, goodness. Bag. Yeah. I like to put... Water. In my mouth and throw... Hands. Uh, while I'm holding... Throw hands. My uh, skateboard. <laughs> nice. You think really fast on your feet. I would have said something really weird. Okay, two more. No, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. if, if I could be remembered for... Something... I would resurrect from the dead so I could. Resurrect. Uh, <laughs> resurrect. Let's think. Again? Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, I don't know. So you resurrect um, from the so dead. I could, so I could make headlines. Make headlines. Okay. The most important part of my life is? What I do. Being able to? Live happy. And? do what I love. <laughs> Amazing. You did really good. I was, I wanted you to say something weird, like, like, like poop or like something. <laughs> I was thinking very literally. Yeah. And honestly, my palms are sweating. That, that was a very oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I would have no, sucked no, at that. I'm really bad. 
Um, no, yeah, that's that's very difficult. Cool. Now we know you're a very level-headed guy who doesn't think about groups <laughs> or parts. <laughs> and if you could have an endless supply of one food, what would it be? That's a good question. So you have to think about, you know, sometimes your favorite food is the food that you're going to be able to eat for your entire life, right? So yeah, I'd say potatoes. Potatoes. Because I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say potatoes because I'm cute and say you can, you can make, make potatoes into fries salad. Or, or exactly. Many, you many are very analytical. <laughs> I was it's just going to say ramen. Yeah, that works too, except I feel like those uh, cholesterol levels would not be Oh my be God, you're so analytical. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll head into the questions. Um, what did six-year-old Elliot want to be when he grew up? It was either between being a vet and being a uh, garbage truck driver. Garbage <laughs> truck driver because I lived in a suburb and handling that giant piece of machinery where the claw just came out of a truck. Yeah. Grabbed oh, a cool. trash can and dumped it in. It was super interesting. And then I wanted to be a vet probably because I love I love animals. Cool. I really wanted a dog when I was a, a child, but I... I <laughs> Soon enough, learned that vets also have to put down animals, and oh, so that yeah, dream quickly dissolved. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say like, no, they don't murder, but they have to put down a lot of um, animals. Yeah, that's really sad. So I don't think I'd be able to do that. Do you have a pet yourself? I do. I have a dog named Coco. Oh, cute! Um, <gasps> you must be sad that you're separated from him at college. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, she is far away, but oh, she, I see her yeah. on the brief, so mm. oh, it's all good. Sweet. Um, well, that's two kind of extremes. Vet, which is Asian parent approved, and garbage <laughs> truck operator, which is definitely not Asian parent approved. Um, so you're studying at Vanderbilt University and you're double majoring in human organizational development and economics with a minor in business. Is that what it's... Is that what it says on my LinkedIn? Yeah. Is that not right? Oh, no. <laughs> no. So, so <laughs> that is right. But I recently decided to drop economics because oh. it's kind of like, so there's no business school here at Vanderbilt. Yeah. For people interested in business, they either do mm. that human organizational development major or economics. Mm. And so I don't know why I was doing both, but there's no real need to do both because they kind of, they don't cover the same things, but it's, it gives you the same kind of employment opportunities. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, cool. so I dropped that economics and I'm just sticking with HOD is what it's called. Oh, good. And how did you come to decide choosing this subject? Or this? Yeah, so again, this is kind of uh, kind of like the business, uh, undergraduate business major, even though we don't have a business. Um, and I was interested in business because in high school, I started a photography account and it was... Uh, just pictures that I took with my DSLR and oh. started posting them. But I started to gain some traction. And right now, I think it's at around 25,000 followers. But yeah. in the process of growing that account, I got really interested in social media, mm. all all the SEO optimization, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, and then also, I learned about influencer marketing because brands were reaching out to me to work with me. And I thought it was super interesting cool. because you know, as a high schooler, you're getting like a free watch just oh, to post yeah. the photo. And so, so for me, that was like super cool. I guess I thought a lot of that uh, worked. And so I was really curious about business. And I think that fostered a lot of my interest for business in mm. high school. 
Um, so I did a bit of research and the benchmark to getting into your college is 3.76 out of 4. And that's really high, isn't it? Is that the GPA cutoff that they yeah, say yeah. or the average GPA? Well, that's the okay. benchmark that they say. And I see. Um, so have you always been quite academic? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually making a video on this, so it's on my mind. Oh, good. But basically, I would say somewhat. So mm. I would say I was like an acceptable student. Um, yeah. And I, I got the grades that I needed to get into some good college, but I never really excelled in the classroom. Mm. And I think this had to do a lot with motivation. And it wasn't really until college that I, I really started being productive and really uh, motivated in life. Mm. And in high school, I just spent a lot of time procrastinating, a lot of time, you know, playing games and <laughs> just putting off my work. Yeah. And I think like I would, I could have maybe had a much better high school experience if I got a hold of that earlier. Um, but basically, yeah, in high school, I wasn't like a main student there were a lot of brights in my school right. up to like five thousand kids at my high school which is a crazy Whoa, large school massive. for yeah yeah so so there were definitely like some bright kids there i think a huge part of my lack of motivation for academics mm. uh was that i could never be like top one percent because right. there were so many like extremely smart students who right. ended up going to harvard and, and mit and, wow. and you know in, in these top tier universities and for me, it was kind of uh, almost it was just uh, a demotivator to mm. kind of think that I could never reach that standard. Um, so that's kind of like my story of academics in high school. Mm -hmm. I can so relate to that. Um, we have this thing in Australia called selective schools. And it's uh -huh. basically you have to do um, a test in elementary school to try and get into these high schools. Um, and once oh, wow. you get into these schools, everyone is so smart. I totally get that. And is that how you kind of discovered a creative outlet through photography? I think, I don't even know, like, if it was related to academics. But for me, um, it started off with taking photos with my friend's iPhones mm. and taking photos with my mom's iPhone. Eventually, I transitioned into borrowing my sister's camera mm. to take photos. And I don't know. I don't know why. Like, yeah. I guess I just really appreciated like the visual elements yeah, yeah. Um, of photography and I don't necessarily think like I was super creative with it or anything like that, but mm. I definitely enjoyed the process of going, like mm. learning certain techniques and applying them mm. and seeing how it resulted my, my photography. Mm. And um, what were your parents like growing up in terms of their attitude towards college and your education and academics were they yeah. strict or were they pretty laid back i would say they were pretty um they did definitely place an emphasis on school mm. you know they're immigrants and that's what they a lot of asian parents like that's what they understand and that's what they know yeah. that's how they achieve their success as immigrants and yes. that's that's just like what they preach because that's like all they know in terms of how to achieve success. So that's completely reasonable on their part. Um, I think I was fortunate enough to have parents who at least were somewhat open-minded about the stuff that I did. Mm -hmm. um, school came first, but at least if I finished school and got the grades, then I could work on my photography or work on other random things. Yeah. And they at least allowed me 
to use my extra time to pursue some of those passions rather than just saying, mm. okay, now that you have extra time, go hit the books again. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's just not necessarily. <laughs> that's really cool. So, and um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure if they know and see your videos now that um, they'd be so proud. Um, so which leads me into my questions about YouTube. Um, the title of this podcast is going to be 53K subscribers in two months. Uh, tell us about your journey with YouTube. Yeah, so interestingly enough, I checked the stats on my YouTube channel mm. and it's been up since 2011, mostly yeah. just because I created the account to watch videos, leave yeah, comments yeah. when I was a kid, stuff <laughs> like that. I, yeah, which is so long ago, it's crazy. Um, but basically with YouTube, I started posting back in last January. So yeah. So you spoke about this in your recent video, actually, that you actually started Mm -hmm. one year ago. And then what happened? Yeah, so I was posting, like, I posted, like, seven videos over the course of a week because at the time I was like, I'm going to take YouTube seriously. I want to talk about reselling. And and I made, like, seven of those videos within a week. So one video a day, I was pumping them out. And then you got burnt Um, out. (laughs) Yeah, and then I got burnt out. Or more so, it was, like, I wasn't getting the views that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I thought like it would be an immediate success mm-hmm. and I was discouraged. So I basically yeah. quit. Um, mm-hmm. Another big factor of why I quit was because flipping was more something I did in high school in my freshman year, yeah. um, like with the first semester, but that was the second semester of freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I was like less invested in that passion. So right. it made sense why I got, um, and then fast forward to, I think around August of last year. So a few months ago, um, I started posting again, Amazon FBA videos. Mm-hmm. And for similar reason, I stopped posting um, after about a week or two of consistently making videos. And that reason was, again, I wasn't as invested as I was in the topic and the subject um, of those videos as I, as I was previously. So then mm-hmm. I thought like, okay, because I have some knowledge and expertise in this area, let me share it. I'll, I'll be passionate about it. But honestly, like I just wasn't necessarily super invested. Um, mm-hmm. But then after that, about a, I would say like a month or two after I quit again, uh, I started posting videos about college and entrepreneurship. Uh, the first video that I made was a day in the life at Vanderbilt University, which is just yeah. like a classic college day in the life video. Yeah. And the reason I made that was because I knew that those videos were trending, were getting millions of views. And for me, it made sense to make one for my school because there wasn't a super prevalent one mm. from my school already. And I kind of wanted to be the, to kind of make a hit from my school. Yeah. And so that opportunity was the main driver of why I started making those videos. Mm-hmm. And that video now has, I think half a million, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. But that kind of gave me the momentum that I needed mm. to grow uh, from the other videos that I started producing consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's how I discovered you actually through that video and I fell in love with oh, the way really? you edited. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I just loved how it felt like I was watching your life and following you along. And then I thought, this guy has to set up the camera, <laughs> walk across and then go back and pick it up again. So I was like, mad props for the effort, the editing. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I loved that you are an Asian creator and, um, you were growing so fast. And so do you feel like this time around, 
that you're telling us about the two times that you gave up, I think most people love to just talk about their successes. They don't like to share Absolutely. the times they gave up. Um, I love that you're doing that. But do you feel like this I'm time... Actually, yeah. I'm actually... I'm going to interrupt real quick and say I'm actually more motivated when hearing that other people failed Same. before they had their big success. Same. Because, because it's, it's like, just, yeah, it I get it. relatable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, especially for someone who's succeeded to say, you know, well, I actually tried a few months ago and I gave up. That's really awesome to hear that you... For sure. You know, started again. So do you feel like this time around you've aligned your the topics on your YouTube and what you talk about with what you're more passionate about and you feel like this is this is this feels right to you yeah so amazing question i feel so grateful mm. that the videos that i created back in the day didn't do well because mm. like at the point at, at that point of time yes i was disappointed but mm. in hindsight i'm so grateful because mm. I, like i said i wasn't super about mm. you know the topics that i was i was making yeah, videos yeah. about and right now i'm super passionate about the, the videos that I do make, I think, you know, I'm a college student, I'm interested in entrepreneurship. The channel is a direct representation of my passion yeah. as, a, as an individual. And yeah. so I think I'm so grateful that like this, this time around it worked um, instead of previously, because yeah. I might've been stuck, you know, making videos that, that I wasn't super content. passionate yeah. about. Yeah. And I think a huge part also from what I learned from that is even if you didn't, if, even if that Vanderbilt video didn't explode, you would still have the drive and motivation to keep going because this feels right and you're doing what makes you feel like this is the right content as opposed to exactly. earlier if you would have had to <laughs> try and keep pushing. That's, I guess, why you gave up. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, yeah. and this time around, it's I was making videos that I was actually proud of. Mm -hmm. Like before, I, was, I had videos that I didn't want to show my friends because they pulled it up. I was right. embarrassed. But this time, I was like making content that I was really proud yeah. of and I was you know, showing my friends, being like, hey, look, I made this. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that kind of confidence behind the content yeah. you create is really important. That's such amazing advice. So there are so many people out there who want to make content online, who want to be YouTubers, but um, they're afraid of or are intimidated by how saturated the platform is. So you will hear people say, well, I want to start a channel, but there's so many out there. Um, how will I ever stand out all? I don't want to do this. There's too many YouTubers out there. Um, what's your take on that? And what's your advice? I think there's tremendous opportunity on the, on the YouTube platform as well as just in the online space. Mm -hmm. And I think the best piece of advice I have is to really just find your niche. And mm -hmm. so right now my college, uh, or sorry, my niche is college and Started off with mostly college videos, but right now it's kind of transformed this fusion between college and entrepreneurship. Right. Um, and I think that wouldn't have been possible unless I originally had the track from the college niche. Mm -hmm. And so there are a million niches like across the world. And, and even if let's say you you don't have a niche that has uh, like a huge market cap, yeah. as in there's not like a, a, a lot of people. Yeah. If you become like a dominant a dominant individual in the niche, you can use that leverage to kind of dip into other niches yes. and when you're passionate about something it shows it shows yeah, in the videos yeah. that you make and people aren't necessarily following you for the, the information about they could be yeah. following you for your passion and your um your genuine interest in yeah. what it is that you're creating content about and so i definitely say don't fret about there being too much on the internet mm -hmm. there's the internet will always have a million and one floating around, but you can definitely stand out by 
figuring out what is good for you personally. Mm. And your testament to that, you came in 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 2018 at a time when there are lots of college, other college influences out there. um, Absolutely. You still broke through. And even if someone came because of that niche, they love your personality and they follow your journey. You can transition into other types of content. Um, so that's some amazing advice. I think everyone who's listening should go check out um, Elliot's channel. He is testament that, yes, it's saturated, but there's also so much opportunity. And you could say that YouTube was saturated. Like, you're, they've been saying YouTube has been saturated for years. You know? <laughs> so true. Like, it's always been, yeah, it's always been uh, saturated just because that's the nature of the internet. Yeah. But that's the amazing thing. Like, if you execute correctly, you can stand out. Anyone mm. can stand out. Um, so how we connected was I reached out through a DM on Instagram. And you're one of the few, actually probably on, the only creators I know that engages with your community the way that you do. You literally reply to every single DM on Instagram. And that's that's how I reached out to you. Why do you do that? Doesn't it take so much time? And why do you put in all this effort? Yeah. And so I think that's a good question. I think it comes down to appreciating other people's time. Um, right now, I'm trying to find the balance between the two. But mm. if, I'm, if I'm leaving a comment, I rarely leave comments on YouTube videos. And if I leave a comment on someone's video, it means that they really impacted me in some way. Yeah. And I just like to think of it from the audience's perspective. Yeah. You know, if I send a DM to someone, it would mean so much to me to receive a Like, I have reached out to influencers before. Mm-hmm. And like, let's say before, this is a great example. When I was running my photography account, I maybe had like 2,000 followers when I was mm-hmm. starting off. And I'd reach out to, to these big photographers be like, what gear do you use or what editing tips do you have? And no one would reply except maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. But I came to admire and respect the one or two that replied so much because yeah. they were willing to lend a hand to someone who was in need, which was me at the time. And yeah. so to kind of repay that favor and that feeling really a lot to me and I also Mm -hmm. appreciate everyone's time because I know how valuable time is Mm -hmm. I am constantly strapped for it and so Mm -hmm. if someone's taking the time to watch a piece of content interact with it then I'm just going to do the very minimum Mm -hmm. which is interact back with and hopefully create uh, a meaningful experience and relationship with them that's amazing because you know why that's so amazing? Because nowadays, so many people are looking at the number of followers you have. They see the followers that you have as just a number. But for you to do that, it means you see us as people. You see us as an audience and you see that we can chat and connect and have a relationship. Um, instead Absolutely. Of, instead of, well, there's 53, that's 53 on my number. Um, so I think for that's sure. amazing what you're doing and you're setting a good example for how we're going to consume content in the future and how content creators are going to be interacting with their audience. I would say, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, continue. real quick. I would say like, if you're early, if you're still a smaller creator, mm-hmm. like 100%, you should be engaging to the max mm-hmm. with your audience. I will say like for larger creators, you have to find that balance, which is what I'm trying to find that yeah. balance with engaging with your audience as well as focusing on your own work. Yeah. That's important because it takes time. It takes a lot of time and uh, interact with everyone. And mm-hmm. you don't want it to take away necessarily from uh, your own goals. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm striving to find that. Um, but definitely that's something to keep in mind. But I think um, to solve that problem you have of having you know really less time, now that you have your Discord group, you've Absolutely. Yeah, you've kind of put 
everyone together so that the community can share with each other. So you can yeah, step back a little bit. For sure. That's been amazing. Amazing. Mm. That was probably one of the best decisions that to me. I was like, yeah. you should make a Discord group. And yeah. I, I knew nothing about Discord, uh, yeah. but I looked into it and I thought it was a really great opportunity. And now I, I'm looking in this community. Uh, they're just, everyone just helps each other. And yeah. so it's amazing. Like um, it's a good solution to finding that balance. It's just like, uh, it's really great when the community can kind of help each other. Yeah, I, I'm in it. And there's, I think the last time I looked, there was a thousand members. I'm not sure about now. But um, to be to facilitate this conversation of people who are also looking to grow and um, try out entrepreneurship, you are there to interact when you can. But the group has a life of its own now, which is really amazing. I think we're up to like two thousand. Oh wow! Right now, yeah, you're going to need some mods now. Now this is yeah. <laughs> Going to need some management, um, but congratulations, that's that's awesome. So I want to ask, what kind of impact or change do you hope to achieve with your community and with your influence? What is your yeah. purpose so, for making content? For sure. So going back to uh, when I was on the consumer side, um, I consumed a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk's content. I don't know if you know who yeah. he is, but yeah, he's a, he's a very well-known entrepreneur yeah. and he always preaches about hard work mm -hmm. and the grind and the hustle. Mm -hmm. And he impacted me in such a positive way in high school because yeah. I started reselling because of him. I was introduced yeah. to the world of entrepreneurship because of him. And now that shapes my entire life. And he, he inspired honestly, me to start podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he, he inspires millions mm -hmm. and he inspires through action. And mm -hmm. that's really the goal with my my channel. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to show high schoolers and college students that you don't have to spend your free time, uh, like going to parties or playing video mm -hmm. games. You can actually invest it towards your future. And I think of averages, but basically it's a well-known saying where you're the average of the five people closest to you. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer that you don't necessarily have to physically be close to someone mm -hmm. in order for them to bring, you know, affect your average. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I felt like my average was really brought up by Gary, uh, watching Gary's content. And mm -hmm. whenever I needed some motivation, I would always watch his content. And so that's kind mm -hmm. of my goal as well. I want to raise people's averages in, in the sense that I want to inspire them to work towards whatever goals they have, really be in what they want out of life. Yeah, so that even if in their immediate physical surrounding, they don't have anyone to uh, bounce off of in terms of having the same goals and drive, you can be that virtual average out of their five. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's the goal and that's always been the uh, hope with the content that I create. That's awesome. Um, I'm so glad to hear that, that there's such a purposeful mission and vision behind your YouTube channel um, because I guess one big thing about starting a channel is you need to know what your purpose is. It's not just about trying to get famous or just making videos. The purpose is so important. So I'm so glad Absolutely. you spoke about that. I actually want to talk about your business venture, A1 Media, before we run out of time. Tell me about this exciting business. Yeah, so this is built on the basis that I have delved in social media a lot mm. from Instagram to YouTube, mm. so many hours learning about how to effectively uh, create content mm -hmm. about how to, how to reach more people. And basically I think a lot of businesses nowadays don't necessarily leverage the power of social media. Um, I I've been using this example recently. Uh, everyone knows the world record egg on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> I followed it the like, other day. Yeah. And the, like just for those of you guys who don't know, like they, I think got eight million followers on Instagram within like 
two week camp, yeah. insane amount of attention. Um, and literally it just, it just meant post like taking one account and posting one photo. Although there was, I think there was like a team behind it or something like that. Mm -hmm. The fact that like a, like a 14 year old, a 12 year old had done the exact same thing mm -hmm. and leveraged that exact same amount of attention yeah. is just a testament to how powerful social media can be. And so my goal with this uh, media agency is just to help companies really develop their social media presence. I definitely agree that a lot of companies aren't waking up to how powerful this is um, and they're not realizing that it's not going away. This is the future, if, sure. not, if not beyond now that we're going to VR and AR and, and all of that. And I love the bit that this is a fucking egg. It's just an egg and <laughs> it's exceeding Kylie Jenner like, in, in likes. Um, yeah. It's kind of mocking Amazing. the fact that we care so much about likes and numbers and all that, but here's an egg who's beating everyone. Um, For sure. And it's true that it's so powerful when you know how to use social media as a tool. So that's what you'll be providing for businesses um, with A1 Media. Yeah, so the goal is to increase their social media presence, mm -hmm. um, mainly through Instagram. I'm targeting businesses that have their main de demographic between like ages of 18, 24, mm -hmm. people who live on, on Instagram, just because I understand that platform well yep. and I have been on it for many years now. And at what stage is this business? Are you still building the foundations? When will it be launching? Yeah, so I'm definitely still building the foundation. Um, I haven't even like officially launched, but it's it's something, it's very interesting. So I'm having a really hard conversation with myself about this company because mm -hmm. um, I'm, try I'm trying to figure out my why before I start. I have, I have a general, like a general why I want to do it, and, and mm -hmm. it's all helps help businesses solve these problems. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to find a more purposeful why, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really important to do before you start anything. Mm -hmm. And it's it's mostly because I only have so much time. I would say I don't really waste that much time at all um, between school, YouTube. Um, I do run like a online business as well, and mm -hmm. all of my lifestyle goals, such as working out, getting enough sleep, reading. Yeah. These are all very time consuming. Yeah. And honestly, um, I, I think I already use my time pretty effectively. Mm -hmm. And so to fit another uh, commitment in is is really difficult right now. And Absolutely. so I'm having that hard conversation my, with myself about what my, what are my priorities really? You know, yeah. if I um, if I if I need to invest in in, on, in my videos, um, then maybe like this can kind of wait. And mm -hmm. so I'm kind of trying to figure that out as of right now. It's really good that you shared that because um... I know that in your videos, you always talk about um, setting your priorities and especially for you, a college student who's trying to manage studies, um, fitness, um, your YouTube and now with this venture, I love that you're bringing the message back to finding purpose, why? And then ordering your priorities to find out what you can forsake, what you need to give up and what you need to pursue. So sure. in terms of like your social life, how do you balance that with everything going on? Or do you have to really sacrifice? Yeah, I would say I do have to sacrifice a lot mm -hmm. of it. Um, that being said, I always, I always do try to make time for friends. And yeah. um, I think I, I think I have like a good social life just because I try to take advantage of like my meals by spending them with people. Uh, but definitely like this is true of anything you do. If you want to reach a certain goal, you have to make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And like like I was saying, you only have so much time in the day that mm -hmm. you have to be able to prioritize. And whatever isn't on that priority list needs to be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And even if you want it, you know, I would love to have a 
fully, a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, <laughs> an amazing social life, you know. But, or, I'm or sure everyone's wondering though. But, I see a lot of comments in your videos like, hey boy, like you're quite cute though. So, like, do you want to just clear it up for the podcast? Yeah, I do not have a girlfriend. I don't, yeah, I don't think I can manage that right, right now. Guys, <laughs> with everything free. on my plate. He's free, just wait. <laughs> just wait around the corner. And his... <laughs> no, cool. yeah, for sure. But, but definitely like with social life, it's something that mm. I would I'd love it to be like really high, but um, on my priority list. But because I have so many other things that I want more, mm. um, it really has a higher spot on that list. And mm. so um, I do have to sacrifice that sometimes. I love that you're real about about it. It's not all butterflies and um, rainbows. Uh, if you want to, for sure, yeah, pursue your passion. It's it's not easy. It's even if not harder than a nine nine to five. Um, yeah. Personally, I have been thinking about doing YouTube for, for like years and I've been so paralyzed by the fear of not knowing and of just overthinking I've, I've done nothing. And um, it was when I came across influencers such as Gary Vee that really put my mindset into perspective and I love that he says, when you graduate, that's the best time to fail. Go out and do what you want to do and, and fail for the next 10 years and you'll still be young. And you'll still have opportunity. Sure. And that kind of message really gave me courage. It made me put my fear into perspective and um, eventually pushed me to start this podcast. And I think, yeah, for, that's amazing. Yeah, for those of you like out there who are also thinking of wanting to do something but are so scared and, and this and but, but what about this? I think just do it, just take the leap of faith and what could be the worst that could happen. Um, yes. you're an amazing Absolutely. example of someone who's failed and had not given up. Um, Absolutely. so I'm going to close up for now. Um, where can they find you? Yeah. So my YouTube channel right now is my like strongest, um, where, where I post the most like content. It's uh, mm -hmm. youtube.com slash Elliot Choi. That's my name. And then on Instagram, it's at Elliot Choi as well. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. If you made it this far, please know I am eternally grateful and hope you've walked away having learned something valuable. You can find snippets and highlights of the show and also follow along with my personal journey as a lost millennial over at Instagram at theunemployedgraduate underscore or Facebook at theunemployedgraduate as well as detailed show notes and links over at my website www.theunemployedgraduate.com.au. I'll catch you in the next one.